Welcome to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont from DuPont Wealth Solutions. As a practicing advisor and attorney, Greg teaches pre-retirees how to reduce debt and taxes and save with less risk so they have more spendable income and plan their way to a better life. Join us for this journey where Greg draws on years of experience and guest experts to help listeners achieve more spendable income for retirement. Hello and welcome to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont of DuPont Wealth Solutions. Greg, what's going on? Well, Eric, I am sitting here today just trying to reflect on the last uh, few weeks of what's happened here in our nation. And uh, I felt it was time for you and I to maybe have a Oh, it's a fireside chat, but you know, there's no fire here. So how about if we head out to uh, to our local watering hole and kind of talk about what's happening here and what's going on? Sounds great. All right, I'm pulling up a stool and I'm ordering a Guinness. What are you ordering? Well, you know me, Eric. Uh, I am a creature of habit, so I'm going to be very particular that I would like my uh, sapphire martini extra dry with an olive, plain with olive. An- don't give me the don't give me those those uh, crazy ones. <laughs> I didn't know there were crazy olives, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of need stick, blue yeah. cheese and things like that messing oh, up my uh, my sapphire, right? So. No, who would ruin blue cheese with an, with an olive? <laughs> Either way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, our drinks are here, and it, it's time to chat. So uh, I love the way you titled this podcast, Biden Our Time, right? That's uh, yeah. And so we're just going to talk about this. Uh, what's going on? I mean, it, you, you have your finger on the pulse of the finance world. Uh, knowing that there is going to be a change in Washington, change in the country. What are the implications of this change as you see it? You know, Eric, um, I've got had the opportunity to talk with lots of people about this and get some perspective on uh, what the real impact of this change of, uh, I, I want to say the word regime, but uh, that's uh, that's too powerful. Too, it's got too much... Um, emotion tied into that word, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But there is a change of the party in charge now. And there's going to be a lot of different laws coming out that people are going to be worried about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we need to look at the kind of the short-term, medium-term, and long-term impacts of these things going forward. Okay. So let's talk about short-term. So there's going to be, you know, new people in place. You know, for example, the uh, the most likely uh, new member of the Fed uh, is from the school of thought that you know, deficits don't really matter and free money runs the game. So when you think about what's going to happen short term here with more stimulus, mm-hmm. uh, it's likely that we're going to continue to see this record run in the stock market. It's almost inconceivable what's happened over the last several months with the stock market itself and as mad as um, measured by the S&P and you know the main metrics but we're going to see more money sloshing around the system in the short term Mm -hmm. again I think a lot of people myself included it's great to have that but there it comes at a cost right I mean we know that it's going to have to be paid back sometime and that's, that's where I think a lot of people that are short-sighted, you're talking about the short term, I think too many people are short-sighted in the fact that, all right, I'm going to get this check and I'm going to be able to do A, B, and C with it. Well, that's great, but what are you going to do in a year, in two years, or in five years? Uncle Sam is not generous. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know about your uncle, but my Uncle Sam wants his money. 
there is going to be a day of reckoning. Yeah. And, you know, again, that's not our short term uh, is not going to happen because if they did anything to try to um, pull back the the spending, the the economy would collapse. It's Mm -hmm. all being propped up by uh, the monetary policy of free money. And that is. You know, we're seeing, uh, again, in the short term, and what we'll likely see is the continued uh, the rising of the boats in the uh, market uh, as money that's being printed is looking for a place to go to get some return. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're seeing that the values of stock uh, in the market are kind of unhinged from the reality of, the, of what's going on in the economy. Uh, unhinged from the underlying value of the companies. And that's the direct result of, again, money looking for a place to go. Uh, have, have you noticed what what happened with Bitcoin lately? Uh, no, I haven't. I mean, the last time I saw it, it was way up. But what are you, what are you going to tell it, me about it? Yeah, it's well, it, way up. It's shooting Still. through the, you know, shooting, shooting way the heck up. Well, by the time this is produced, who knows, right? Yeah. <laughs> because the nature of Bitcoin is that it is something that's incredibly volatile because there are very few buffers on it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it has been responding to this flood of cash. Uh, so short term, most likely that Bitcoin has continued to, to go up because it's now being used by many people as another asset class mm. and kind of replacing what used to be the place where gold bugs put their money when they're afraid of what the future would be. Uh, Now we have more and more people that are putting money into Bitcoin and those type of digital currencies uh, to hedge their bet. Hmm. Yeah, I I just remember that the, I believe one of the first purchases with Bitcoin was pizza. And uh, I think there's a running tally on how much that pizza costs. And the last time I looked at it, the, the, I think it was two pizzas ended up being about $190 million <laughs> because I think at the time it cost them like 80,000 Bitcoin for the pizzas. Right, uh, right. But whatever it was, it was just some crazy numbers. And, and now, now I don't know if somebody's regretting those pizzas or <laughs> if, they, yeah. if they still, uh, if they still think fondly on those days. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, as we, as we look at the, what will happen in the economy here in the next few months or next year, you know, it's going to be the coronavirus still running its course, right? Which mm-hmm. uh, is uh, a suppressant on economic activity, bar none. Uh, and you know, the Biden administration is going to be empowered, uh, needing to show some action. Uh, so it's most likely that they will deliver some type of uh, of uh, stimulus plan, infrastructure, those type of things that uh, had been talked about. That had been blocked by the few remaining members of the Republican Party that actually cared about deficit. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be all the all the cards on the table. So so as we look to uh, the next uh, year, two years off of that, uh, I would be surprised if there wasn't a significant economic boom uh, that's going to be bought by uh, a significant increase in deficit and another several trillion dollars to our deficit over those couple of years yeah yeah it'll it'll be really interesting because the stimulus going out i kind of want to see how it mirrors the the uh, vaccine going out right because the 
stimulus has come out, you know, we've already had it once. And, you know, we have all sorts of business loans and PPP loans and, and all those things that have gone out. Um, we've seen how it affects the economy slowly and then quickly in different different areas. And the vaccine going out is going to be more of a trickle out, right? I mean, the, you, there's a line uh, depending on your health, depending on your age, depending on your vulnerability. Uh, it gets delivered to the most vulnerable first, which I agree with 100%. But as it slowly goes out, I'm, I'm curious to see how the tide turns when it comes to how people think about the coronavirus, how the nation is going to open back up in, in sections or in, I have no idea how they're going to handle it, but I don't know. It, it's it's going to be interesting just to see the, the slow flow of information and kind of the progress that we're going to see just over the next 12 months. Yeah. You know, I, I, I feel like I, I do need to make a kind of a public service announcement on this. You know, one of the things I do when I've got my lawyer hat on is that I uh, represent the Central Ohio Area uh, Mental Health Services Boards in connection mm. with with commitment of people that are mentally ill and need to be in the hospital. So I'm on kind of on the front lines with that, and because yeah. of that, uh, I was fortunate enough that the other day I was offered the opportunity uh, to uh, get in on the tail end of an open vial <laughs> and get my vaccine shot. Hmm. So, so I have taken it. I'm now uh, uh, three days uh, out from that, and I have not yet grown any extra appendages. Uh, nice. Not had any extra uh, sensory perception. I don't have X-ray vision as a result of it or anything like that. Uh, and I've got my sense of taste and smell. Uh, some would say I don't have any sense at all, but that's another story <laughs> altogether. So safe, uh, but it's, it's interesting because they have a um, a an app that you sign up for. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get this, uh, that other than you know tracking your every whereabout for the rest of your life, it, it's there to report back any uh, side effects. Uh, so, so they're getting a huge amount of data uh, as this rolls out. So, even though you know Operation Warp Speed produced this thing in a record-setting uh, time, uh, the body of knowledge that they're gaining as this is now rolling out. Uh, you know, the the average consumer, by the time it gets to them, as it works down, uh, you know, they should feel very safe. Uh, that subject to you know the kinds of things that are always there potentially with vaccines, uh, that uh, it's a safe vaccine for them. So they should not let the fact that it was designed and put on the market so quickly um, hold them back uh, from protecting themselves from this disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think it's, again, it's not like we're going to sit here and say we're drinking the Kool-Aid. It's it's through research, through development, through tracking, through all the things that you've just said that they put in place that we're going to be able to be more confident about it. And, and uh, hopefully, again, this turns the tide very quickly. Um, I, I, I would see, I would foresee a, a ramp up in how speedily they're going to be able to give the vaccine out um, because I think there's multiple companies working on it now, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, just really being on the forefront of it, like you said, I mean, I like the way you put it, they put it at warp speed. Um, probably this is the fastest I've ever seen anything, you know, hit the market uh, as far as a medication is concerned. Usually it's in trial for years. Um, so I know that that caused some apprehension, but good to know you're three days out. I, I, I was really crossing my fingers for like ESP or x-ray vision or something you know for you <laughs> you know but we'll, we'll take it the lack of an extra appendage i mean depending on what the appendage i mean if you get a third arm that's really helpful shoot how much work could you get done then Boy, well I, I, yeah 
I've it might just hold another martini than... glass. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Maybe it's not a good idea. <laughs> so you, you take those factors into consideration and, and as you're looking to what's going to be unfolding in front of us economically. Mm-hmm. And as we shared before, I'm, I'm generally a very optimistic person about what the future is going to bring. Um, uh, but the... As we come out, I think it's going to be basically the third quarter uh, on uh, that you're going to start seeing real growth in the economy hmm. as uh, you know, where we get past the uh, supported of just maintenance of the economy by the production of, of government money. You're going to start seeing you know, people going back back out being comfortable again going back out to the restaurants and and travel and that whole sector of the economy that's that's still languishing start to pick back up Uh, so i I think that you'll see starting in again like around the third quarter uh rolling into 2022 uh just huge growth uh from uh the the kind of the pent-up part of the economy at this point in time Mm -hmm. All right. And that's going to be uh, just in time for them to start talking about increasing taxes, well, which is going to temper everything. Mm-hmm. And that, that was my next question is, is what are you seeing on the horizon for that? So uh, the expiration of the Tax Cut and Job Act in 25 um, is going to be the driving force. But it's going to be the driving force for uh, fundraising. Right, uh, you're going to go into the next electoral season. Guess what? It's going to happen a year from now. It's going to start up, right? Mm-hmm. As they start fighting about uh, the few houses in the Senate or a few seats in the Senate that are exposed, uh, and you're going to talk about the um, House of Representatives and all that, just like we have seen this pattern over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to see it again. Uh, this, but the primary uh, theme is going to be on the Republican side, right? The, they're going to say that we've got to take back control because we've lost control to you know the liberals, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be the same way on the other side that we got to get a majority. We 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 just got equ- we've just got even in the Senate. We've got to preserve our House and we've got to get more so that we can move forward. So th- the battle is going to be about what do they do with the Tax Cut and Job Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, if nothing happens, if you may recall, if nothing happens, it's going to sunset back to what it was before. But at that point in time, when we have this conversation next year, it's going to be the conservatives are going to find their conservative backbone again because that helps them for fundraising. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going to be saying, well, debt and deficit are out of control. we got to do something, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of noise, a lot of, uh, a lot of discussion about they're going to raise taxes. And in the medium term, I don't think they're going to be able to do that either side. Uh, going to prevail on that. So I think uh, when we look forward, I think the certainty is that the Tax Cut and Job Act will expire going back to the old rates. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see how it could do anything else. I mean, there's, again, there's a, there's a time when you have to pay the piper. And he's been warming up for a long time, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's my concern. I mean, 
you, you look at Social Security. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to dive into too many rabbit holes here, Greg, but honestly, you look at Social Security, you look at what, what's going on with that, how many you know people are retiring every day. Is that safe? That's a whole other conversation for another day, but they, they have to have money from somewhere. And if Social Security is a concern for people uh, because of how much is in there and how much is being paid out, taxes have have also got to be a concern because it's not like we can continue to run up debt because the, the debt clock, if you have ever gone to that page, it just keeps moving faster. Um, and as it does, you know, the, the, the number grows. There's a point where you can't make enough to pay it off and the, we've got to find money somewhere. Well, the, the significance of what's going on in DC right now uh, what's happened for the last, uh, it's been a trend for the last, I'll say 15 years. I'm not a student of it, but I'll say the last 15 years. And and it's going to continue into the Biden administration mm-hmm. is this, what they call modern monetary theory, uh, where they, the con- central contention is that debt and deficit don't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are absolutely stress testing that now. Uh, and Agreed. we'll continue to... <laughs> And we'll continue to stress test it uh, well into the Biden administration. And either we're going to accept that it works and debt and deficit doesn't matter, which has its own set of political and policy implications that come off of that, uh, or we're going to have that reckoning uh, at some point in time. The you know, 25 uh, could be a point of reckoning with the with the uh, expiration of Tax Cut and Job Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think more the point of reckoning is as we get closer to 2030, uh, which is commonly uh, the point in time that the Social Security trustees have said that the trust fund is going to start being under serious stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whether we're going to start printing money to pay Social Security and all those kind of things. So... It's going to be an interesting ride for the next uh, few years. Uh, but to your point, you know, even if we find that this debt and deficit in modern monetary theory um, is a viable uh, operating um, philosophy, at some point in time, things have to change because there will be a limit. We're not at it yet. But there is going to be some theoretical limit that's going to require taxes to go up. It's just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other assets being subject to taxation. You know, so we saw the first shot of that with the SECURE Act uh, at the end of last year or the year before last. Uh, when the Congress got together and overwhelmingly supported basically imposing a tax on retirement plans for the beneficiary, which is essentially an estate tax, although it's not in name, it is in reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Biden has talked about uh, supporting that. Uh, people around him have talked about uh, even accelerating that from the 10 years that we now are allowed to take money uh, into uh, having to do it within five years or less. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also been talk about removing the uh, capital gains step up in basis, which mm-hmm. for many people is a tremendous tax savings when they have, you know, Microsoft stock that they've sat on for years and their kids are going to inherit it. Well, they get to inherit it at the new value, not at 
um, for for capital gains purposes, that's what they get to take the tax based upon mm-hmm. that new value, not what mom and dad bought it at. So that's something that's likely uh, to happen within the Biden uh, administration, that that step up in basis on capital gains is going to go away, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of momentum that way. Uh, and they're going to, again, need to maybe not so much uh, address that deficit, okay, uh, because it is not something that's ever going to be paid off. I'm, I'm sorry, the debt. It's not, not anything that's ever going to be paid off. Mm-hmm. But the deficit... Uh, when they start finding uh, that they can't borrow money and print money effectively anymore, that's when we got uh, the first day of reckoning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're kind of drawing short on time here. I know there's probably a couple other things you want to touch on, but to to your point just a moment ago, when you're talking about the step step up in basis being eliminated, that means that people that have that scenario whether it's property, whether it's stocks, um, things like that, that could cause that event to happen or to, for capital gains to happen, um, they should be acting now, correct? Yeah, Eric, when you, when you look at all of these things on the horizon, uh, you know, the person that is now has to save their money uh, or are saving still, they need to start looking at ways to you reduce the tax impact of those funds as they are inherited by paying for it with leveraged dollars through life insurance and those type of old tools that we mm-hmm. used to look at. Um, and, and they need to be more strategic. Uh, we simply cannot continue to follow the old ways of saving. Uh, we've got to start thinking differently. The rules are changing around us, mm-hmm. and we have to be mindful of it, whether it's through Roth conversion or uh, cash value life insurance and things of that nature. Uh, they've got to start thinking differently. And as an aside, Eric, it was kind of interesting that um, when the last stimulus bill was passed, uh, there was something slipped in similarly to the SECURE Act. When the SECURE Act was passed, the whole change of that uh, inherited, that 10-year change, that was slipped in without any conversation. Well, they did Mm -hmm. a similar thing with the last round of stimulus. But interestingly, the thing that they slipped in this time is something that uh, is going to benefit the consumer uh, because it changed this esoteric little part of the insurance code uh, to basically make life insurance cash value more affordable for the consumer to accumulate. Hmm. And ask yourself why they did that. They yeah, I have no idea. That, they <laughs> did that because they are wealthy and they've got their money in life insurance. Hmm. And they just gave themselves a big boost on return of income on dollars that are not going to be taxed. <laughs> Well, there you go. That, that, yeah. That's a big surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what, what? Politicians looking out for themselves? What? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the more that you peel the onion on this The stuff. more you cry? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> hey, did you finish all that, Guinness? <laughs> yeah, the mo- Hang on. Let me, let me finish pouring it into the glass. <laughs> There we go. There you okay. go. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Oh, oh that, that, was a, that was a beautiful pour there, Eric. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah. Good yeah. stuff. The more that you investigate the actions of the federal government, 
the more you understand that they use life insurance as a vehicle to create and transfer wealth to a scale that we have no understanding in the, in the mass uh, population and that it is going to be because they have such a vested interest in it it is going to be the only way to pass money from generation to generation in a tax-free fashion mm-hmm. and and you know as we've talked about before when you with the secure act if you have a million dollars in your ira most likely uh, you're going to be giving a, a third of that or more to uncle sam whereas ah, that uncle they yeah as they are setting themselves up for their million dollars to become $2 million through leverage to their kids, the rich are in fact getting richer mm-hmm. while us working class folk uh, are bearing the burden of it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Greg, um, I'd like to say this is a great podcast today, but uh, <laughs> I, the information was great, but not necessarily the message that we want to hear. It's the message we need to hear. I, I, I think that old saying is, it's the hero we need, not the one we deserve, or something like that. <laughs> Same principle. It's the information we need, not necessarily the information we want. Um, but I'm glad you brought it to us because it's important. And people need to act sooner rather than later with whatever strategies they need to be putting in place. And to have that conversation with you to know what strategies they should be looking at, how do they get a hold of you? Eric, a couple of things as we wrap up here today. Uh, first of all, you know, people need to get an understanding of what they have and what they're exposed to with regard to taxation, mm-hmm. uh, and because people don't really understand uh, how much of their asset base is subject to taxation. And I would offer, if they would like, uh, to go to our website, uh, www tax smart for life that's www.tax smart the number four life.com mm-hmm. uh, and get a feel for how much of their asset base is a subject to taxation uh, when they get there you're going to have to put in my advisor code 257 321 to get access to it, and that'll give them a report as to how much risk they have in their current savings and what the tax picture might look like for them. And that would give them also the opportunity if they wanted to follow up with me directly, I can analyze that with them and give them some observations and some ideas. And to get a hold of me, uh, they can call my office, 614-408-0004, or they can get in touch with me through email. That's greg, G-R-E-G, at dupontwealth.com. That's D-U-P-O-N-T-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. All right, Greg, thank you so much for your time. And uh, it was a pleasure sitting down with you, having a drink, talking about this stuff. I'll have to do it again sometime, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, to you, the listener, thank you for tuning in and listening to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the Subscribe Now button below. This way, when Greg comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for joining us today. For everyone at DuPont Wealth Solutions, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Your Financial Advocate. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. 
The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of DuPont Wealth Solutions. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.